Blog Talk Radio. If you must blink, do it now. It's time for Cinema Savant. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is a war room. Your weekly source for movie news. The gods gave us many gifts. One day you'll know them all. Movie reviews. Are you suggesting coconuts migrate? And the occasional Hollywood rumor. Listen. You smell something? Hosted by Todd Vandenberg. Not for why you can, the monkey boy. And Rob Steele. We're on a mission from God. Yikes! And away! And here we go. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Savant, where you'll get your weekly source for movie and television news, all the entertainment you could possibly help sell. His name is Todd Vandenberg. My name is Cove. I am the French bounty hunter from the new Star Wars movie. See, I told you I was going to explain what Carl Fafé meant on the Quad show earlier this week. That's what he's the he's got. That's what he's got. It's got to be. Donald be. Trump that's... is actually giving us spoilers for the new Star Wars movie. I uh, I can see that. It makes more sense than anything Sean Spicer came up with. So, or Trump himself. So see, actually, are. what I'm really hoping. Is that someone at the Star Wars? Some of the Star Wars people are, heard that and went, oh, "A French bounty hunter! Quick, throw that into the Last Jedi, or is that is the movie, right? The new one? Quick, mm-hmm. throw yep. him in somewhere. They got time. Um, they've got time. Because you got what? Six months. Pretty good. Throw him in. CG, CGI character, and you can do the voice. You know, and you'll work for scale. I'm looking for Luke Skywalker. I do not know where he's gone. He's gone on a planet somewhere where R2-D2 cannot find him. And cut. Anyway. My work Perfect. here is done. I'll be in my trailer if you need anything. So <laughs> the big news this week. That was Rob <laughs> One Take Steel, by the way. <laughs> big the news big this news. week. Wonder Woman finally came out of the closet. No, uh, in theaters, <laughs> which is not in a Anyway, <clears throat> no, Wonder Woman came out. Uh, the one only bad news that I heard about this is that Wonder Woman, uh, the film, was officially banned in Lebanon, but not for the same reason the morons in Texas uh, were protesting the film. Uh, it was banned in Lebanon because Gal Gadot uh, is Israeli, and there's this big thing with Israel and Lebanon, and they don't let anyone who did uh, any Israelis into the country, even if it's just on a film. So that's why it was uh, banned there. What a stupid concept. I, I don't think they they're going anyway. I don't think they're going to miss out on the box office from Lebanon. Just, just thinking. 1995. I'll chip that in next week. Um, <laughs> you'll be fine. It'll be okay. Yeah. That, it, it, actually, I want to touch on the thing with Texas. Because there was a – was it Austin, Texas, where there was a theater that decided to do a women's only screening of Wonder Woman, and men protested it. Some men. Which is – some men. Yes, not all of them. Some stupid men. Really stupid men. And they, they just said, ooh, it's sexist. It's against our civil rights. And <laughs> my favorite response to this is – um, if 
this is against your civil rights. How offended do you think we are that there are men-only committees that are working on women's health issues? Yes. And as soon as I saw that come out, I didn't see anything on the protesters anymore because they I, – I, I'm suspecting they heard that and went, oh, uh, yeah, good point. We'll shut up now and, and go watch football videos or something like that. I don't know. No. Could be either that or that they just can't read. And they heard about the protests on TV, so it's possible uh, either way. Alamo Draft House is the theater chain that did that, and I don't know if this is their only response, but one of the responses on Twitter was that, well, it's true we haven't had a men-only screening, but we did show Entourage a few years ago, so there you go. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, just just so inane and stupid and ugh, God. No arguments from me. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, um, I had too many car issues to get to see Wonder Woman this week. But I heard you did. I did. I did uh, see Wonder Woman. Something about it being a good movie? What? A yeah. DC Comics movie that was good? Yeah, it was kind of a good movie. Uh, and it seems like all I do is bash the DC movies because, frankly, I think they have sucked for quite a while. The last one, to, to me, that was good was The Dark Knight Rises, the last one that was great. Uh, that's nine years ago since The Dark Knight was released. Well, they finally managed to do it again because Wonder Woman is a – it's not a good movie. It's a great movie. Uh, it's like as, as we were talking in pre-pro, it's as if they finally looked over at Marvel and saw that, oh, we can have moments of lightness. There should be moments of pure heroism for the sake of heroism as opposed for vengeance which seems to be what most of the DC thing has been. They looked at the Dark Knight, made a lot of money, and they thought, oh, this is the path we have to take. It's like, that fits that character, you morons. So finally, finally, they got it. The tone of the film should match the hero, and they finally got it right. Uh, Gal Gadot is terrific. I mean, there was a lot of raves about her work in Batman v Superman, which I thought was stupid because she had, like, what, six lines? She looked good in the costume. She had that funny little smile when she was in battle, and people were basing her performance on that. She didn't have anything to do in the movie, so how can you tell if she was good? She's right. excellent. She is excellent in this film. Um, people who are old enough to remember Linda Carter as Wonder Woman on TV will immediately forget Linda Carter. As Wonder Woman. I mean, that's how good Gal Gadot is. She's terrific. And there are wonderful moments of heroism, and there are some kind of sad moments because, you know, it's a superhero movie, and kind of sad war. things happen. Exactly, war. Yeah. Um, it's, in, it's interesting because it very much follows uh, it to quite a bit the Captain America, the first Avenger path, because, of course, it's, it's a period this one smartly they sit in world war one to kind of avoid those direct comparisons plus they want to make it they they could have said it in almost any time period but world war one works really well because you still have the, eh, the bad guys that people are easy to jump into the bad guys uh in, in the movie universe um couldn't really do it in the civil war because i'm not sure how you would have a plane crash then yeah, that would be kind of difficult. Uh, they have, you know, they could have had a balloon crash, I suppose, on Mysterious Island. Um, there is a big bad. There is a nice twist. Um, 
It's it's just a very very well done film. I mean, there are a couple of great battle sequences. Uh, Wonder Woman, the character grows. I mean, it, it's an actual film where there is plot development and character growth, and there's a character arc. And oh my God, imagine that! It's not just a comic book movie, although it is a great comic book movie too. So, I mean, this is this is the first DC movie since well since the Dark Knight that I will probably go back to the theater to see as opposed to just wow. again yeah because it's really 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 good it's better than not offhand it's better ladies than several of the marvel films ladies and gentlemen and Todd has just offset all the gross money they were going to make out of lebanon <laughs> he's going back <laughs> exactly. to that exactly and and box office mojo which is a great site if you're interested in that uh it is interesting because they have the rankings of the different genre films. And so far, this is the number one film of all time based on World War One. So there you are. Um, <laughs> very, very strange that they decided to throw that in. But it is the number 18 film all time with an action heroine. So, uh, which is pretty good for three days' work, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's done $100 million. Worldwide, it's done $223 million. So DC will be happy. And, and again, the whole point of box office is if you like the film, if it makes money, they're going to make more movies like this. So this means that DC will realize, oh, this is the path to take. We need to make these films fun and enjoyable, not dark and grim. So yay. They have, pl- they have time to go back and recut things if they haven't done the right thing with films like Aquaman. Etc. 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 And so now, still being Warner's filmed, but you know, the light. So, Whedon, uh, thank goodness for that. Whedon's doing. A, I'm sure Whedon's going to do a recut on Justice League. Oh yeah, and and apparently he'd Ooh. actually been working on it longer than than was generally acknowledged. So, and who knows? Maybe Zack Snyder Couldn't, has lightened up already to to some extent. So. Uh, Wonder Woman is nothing but good news for the Warner for Warner Brothers and DC because it's a terrific movie. The audiences love it, the critics love it, and now they have a path to actually make serious money and actually be a threat to Marvel Studios, which is good because that's going to push Marvel to be better. Exactly. Not that they need to push, but but we'll take it. So happy. That they finally made a great DC movie, you know, and and whether or not anybody, whether or not not anybody liked Batman v Superman or Suicide Squad or Man of Steel or whatever, I, I can't imagine anybody thinking any of those movies were better than this movie. Uh, it, it's to me, it's like impossible that anybody can see those movies and see that and think that Wonder Woman's not better because it's. It's just it's it's a wonderful movie, and by all means, it, it, not just like any of the other people in it. Chris Pine is uh, going to be in a lot of other films, Everywhere. of course, because he always is. But he is terrific. It's Steve Trevor. They did a great job with the characters. I mean, it's just uh, a couple minor little quibbles, but they're so minor I can't even remember them offhand. So. Great movie. Go see Wonder Woman. Go see it twice. And, and by all means, if you have daughters, for God's sake, take go take them to see Wonder Woman. Because it, that is obviously 
the not so subtle subtext is it's empowerment of women and that's kind of what it's about too and they they address that many times in the film and uh and again they don't hit you over the head with it it's just a matter of fact kind of thing uh just just a fun awesome terrific film go see it or buy tires whichever you have to do oh yeah some of us had to get tires so we can get to the movie so uh exactly i've let everyone down i'm sorry my car let everyone down that's what happened that's what happened oh yeah something about square tires no, you mentioned that uh, they looked at uh, the Dark Knight and went, ooh, everything must be dark and, and dreary and stuff. And I couldn't help but think, what if these was this, if this was the same studio that owned Captain Underpants? It'd <laughs> be a little different, wouldn't it? Because, I, I mean, I'm looking at the trailers, and my, my daughter has looked at the trailer for that movie and said, don't make me go see that. And I said, don't worry, I won't. Um. <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, figure out how they would make something so stupid looking dark, and it worries me. So I'm going to move on to a uh, <laughs> our, our weekly little news segment called "The Good, the Bad, and the Whatever." Yeah, I'm doing that because there's not a whole lot of good news this week. There's some really good, good news, but it's not a whole lot of it. Uh, for example, this Saturday, if you happen to have BBC America, uh, Orphan Black is coming back for its final season. So it wasn't canceled. They just had five seasons, and this is the fifth. So there we are. Enjoy it while it's there. Uh, they released that the Punisher a series on Netflix will be coming out in November, which I think is also a very good thing. See, little bitty good news stories. Um, news from the Akira front, which is something we hear about every couple of weeks, uh, because I've been way, yeah. trying to turn uh, Katsuhiro Otomo's graphic novel series Akira into a live-action movie. Uh, there was a brilliant anime movie in 1988 and they want to make a live version, and God, whose name hasn't been attached to this at some point? Um, Not mine. Other than that, I think everybody. Every, I saw Todd's name attached to it at one point. So there's good news from this front in that the creator, Katsuhiro Otomo, has signed a uh, – now has a thing in place that says – if you're going to make a movie, the script has to come through me first. Right. And if I don't like it, you're not making it. And I like that idea that they're oh, giving yeah, the definitely. creator that much control over it. I, I think is brilliant. Creative control over his own property. What a concept. And don't expect to cure it anytime soon because they're, they looked at what was this other live action anime they made recently and it flopped horribly oh yeah ghost in the shell <laughs> yeah exactly because they didn't make ghost in the shell i don't know what the hell they made but that's not what it was uh comes out on video july 7th for streaming if you want a sedative a pretty sedative but it, it, it's a pretty sedative wow. it's a beautiful sedative but uh 
yeah, they're not going to make Akira anytime soon. See? Good news. Uh, Then there's the not as good news, things like the Memorial Day box office, uh, which hit a 21st century low. Uh, They said they haven't had a Memorial Day weekend this low since Star Wars Episode One, which was what ninety nine. Been a while. It's been, and that's, well, I mean, what came out this weekend? You had the Pirates of the Caribbean, which uh, did good the first couple of days and then dropped off. Baywatch came out. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it's not. I don't think it's going to make its money back. And it was a beach movie. Hello. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy is on. What is it? Week three? Week four? Week? I don't. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it was week four then. And that's it. So. Yeah. Alien Covenant, 71% drop in the second weekend. No. Right. Right. Nothing to make money. Yeah. And yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, The Rock, who of course stars in Baywatch, had some yeah. comments about singled out Rotten Tomatoes, which of course is a, a critics site, congregates critical reviews, gives people a nice, easy score. Like, oh, should I go see this or not? And he blames them as some of the movie studios are blaming them. The director, Brett Ratner, came out and said basically the same thing. And, uh, you know, you guys, you're full of crap. Make good movies. And people typically will go see them. Uh, some of the, the worst reviewed films from 2016. Uh, let's look at... And this is their Rotten Tomato score. Pan got a 26% freshness score, tied with Jupiter Ascending, 26% freshness score. Uh, box office didn't get hurt because of the critical rating. It's because they sucked. Uh, if, if that was true, that people pay attention to the critics' scores and decide, oh, I'm not going to go see that because of the score, wouldn't it make sense that they would go see it if the score is high? Because if that's the truth, explain why Helen High Water, which was a 97%, did so poorly. Explain why Kubo and the Two Strings, 97%, did so poorly at the box office. Uh, exactly. You can't, you can't have it both ways. And as I don't know very many people at all that look at what the critics say and decide, oh, I'm not going to go see that. Most people I know. Like they'll they'll take into account, and they may choose to see something the second weekend. But for the most part, if anything, they look at the user ratings, which are also right there on Rotten Tomatoes. Which Rock pointed out, it's like, oh, look at the user score. The user score is over seventy percent. Well, if that's the case, why aren't you doing better box office? It's not because of the critics. It's because the people who saw the previews and thought they would like it went to see it. And the previews make it look like it's a stupid movie. And we said, if that's your deal, go see it. Not my deal. So the people who wanted to go see a movie that looked stupid went to see it, and 70% of them liked it. Almost a third of them didn't like it. And they knew going in what kind of a film they were going to see. That tells you something, Mr. Johnson. If the movie sucks, the movie sucks. Alien Covenant, here's the best example. Alien Covenant. Over 70% critical score on Rotten Tomatoes. So why then, if people pay attention to the critical score, 
did it tank so badly? It's because people went to see it Friday and they already started dropping off because word of mouth was getting out that eh, it's okay, it's not great. Which is why the second weekend it dropped seventy percent and then it dropped another sixty percent. And it'll be lucky if it makes its budget, which really wasn't that that much money. It's so far behind Prometheus, which hardly anybody liked. It's a joke. And again, it's not yep. that it's a bad movie. It's that it doesn't hold up anywhere near the first two movies, which were great. It, people aren't looking at Rotten Tomatoes. They're looking at the previews, and they're listening to their friends. And basically, if a movie sucks, they're not going to go see it. So stop making crap movies, Rock, and people will go see your movies. Don't blame Starly Baywatch. Shut up. Yeah. The original Star Wars didn't do good critically. It was word of mouth that everyone went. Exactly. Even if you don't like the story, go see the special effects, and people did, and that's how Star Wars became such a big thing. Yep. And sometimes it doesn't matter anyway because both of us love Kubo and the Two Strings. And oh yeah, my God, they made money, they made more money selling popcorn, you know, than they did for the film because nobody went to see the movie, which is sad because it's a great movie. So no, spectacular. Sometimes movies just don't movie. catch on at the box office. And sometimes it's undeserved, and sometimes it's because it's Baywatch. Yeah. Unlike Star Wars, which some, some bad news came out about Star Wars this week, I, and I don't like it. Uh, concerning Star Wars, The Last Jedi, director Rian Johnson, and I'm probably – am I mispronouncing his name? Uh, name? I, don't I don't know. know which Brian, maybe. Anyway, anyway Johnson. Director Johnson uh, <laughs> said that there were no plans beyond The Force Awakens. So when he was hired to do The Last Jedi, you know, he, he didn't have any real guidelines to do it with. And he said he's gotten this from Lucasfilm chief Kathleen Kennedy. And that bothers me. A That's lot strange. Because, That's very strange. Um, George Lucas, when he was in charge of everything, had an incredible amount of control over everything and had plans for it. Um, one of the things I loved about the, the Star Wars extended universe, which was the novels and the graphic novels and, and everything else, was he actually hired uh, a guy to, make, to collect all the scripts not written by Lucas or anyone there. Uh, all the stuff from Timothy Zahn or Michael Stackpole or Kevin Anderson and made sure they all go together. None of them, you know, you don't kill a guy off in this novel and then three novels later he pops up again. There's a guy in charge of all that, making sure the continuity is there. If there's no plan, there can't be continuity. And, you know, of course, this guy lost his job when Disney bought everything and I, I'm... I'm Losing my faith in the Force, which might be what Luke is doing, because maybe Luke knows that there's there's no plan. Maybe. So. Which to uh, which to be fair about Lucas, Lucas didn't start that until after Star Wars was a big hit. Because if he really had everything planned out ahead of time, he wouldn't have had that freaky little semi incestuous thing going on with brother and sister. Um. Anyway, he is not J. Michael Straczynski. <laughs> beyond that. Uh, it does seem extremely strange since they had announced that we are doing 
three movies and we're doing standalone films and why would you not have a plan in place? That seems incredibly, incredibly weird and very short-sighted. Not that they had to have the scripts all out there, but I mean, just, you know, guidelines. It's like, oh, let's do a big storyboard. This this is the thread, right. This is the thread of where we're going. This is where we're going to wind up. Uh, Maybe this is why Mark Hamill said, oh, I don't really like where you've taken this character. This makes zero sense for anything that this character has ever been about because maybe there were no guidelines set up. So they just said, eh, let's take it this direction. It's just kind of hard to believe that they would not have the basic premise laid out. So I did want to mention, I sorry about Wonder Woman. I totally forgot to mention this. The director, yep. Patty, Patty Jenkins. Awesome. Terrific job on this. Uh, directed the film Monster, which, again, not a whole lot of people saw, but terrific movie about the female serial, serial killer Eileen Worrells. Uh, Charlie's Theron, of course, won the Oscar for that. An, an amazing performance. And after that terrific job, Patty Jenkins got to direct an episode of Arrested Development, got to direct a couple intro episodes of Entourage, uh, did a segment on a TV movie, did a couple episodes of The Killing, got an episode of some TV pilot called Betrayal. Uh, so, yeah, she basically didn't get any decent work from 2003 until Wonder Woman. Which doesn't make a damn bit of sense. So when you idiots, when you idiots are protesting that, why is Wonder Woman having a woman on screening? It's like, uh, gee, the director of of a great film basically got crap work for 14 years. Maybe that's kind of why they made a point of having a woman-only screening. Just to kind of, you know, point out that there are problems in uh, opportunity for women, you know, maybe that was it. And, and she was actually attached to the second Thor film and she had a totally different direction to go in and Marvel didn't particularly care for it. So they said, let's, let's agree to disagree, which she said that was fine with her. Uh, but yeah. her version would have been a much more interesting film from what I read about it would have been kind of just the, uh, more about the romance between Jane and, and Thor and separated blah, blah, blah. So Thor The Dark World was, was cool, but, eh, you know, would have been better, I think, if she had had been behind the camera, So because it would have been a very different film. Anyway, we got Wonder Woman out of it, and Patty Jenkins yeah. will be getting some gigs now forever, thankfully. So awesome work. Awesome work by Ms. Yay. Jenkins. Anyway, back. Um, actually, going on to another director story, James Gunn, who did Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and as much money as it's made, you'd think he'd be wanting to go on to Volume 3, but he can't because they haven't finished up the Avengers movies with uh, the Infinity War and and Infinity Budget or whatever they're doing. (laughs) And so he doesn't know where the characters are going to be coming out of those movies, so he can't go on to 3. Oh, look, more planning. Well done, everybody. <laughs> um, bit disappointed by that, but not as disappointed as I am by. Uh, well, you mentioned you mentioned The Rock. He gets to be in more bad news. Yay, Rock! Um, <clears throat> the the Dark Universe, 
which is supposed to be the the new thing Universal Pictures is doing with the mummy that's upcoming and a forthcoming Dracula movie and a Frankenstein movie. Well, they're going to make a Wolfman movie and they want the rock to be the Wolfman. And I'm, I'm hoping not because that just seems terribly silly, but not as silly as one of the other ones they, they're thinking about because they're going to go ahead and do a Bride of Frankenstein movie. You want to guess who they got for there? They, they don't have yet who they want to get for the Bride of Frankenstein. You want to guess? Uh, I'm guessing uh, it's not Meryl Streep. Uh, no, although that would work. <laughs> no, but you're not far off. I don't think Angelina Jolie. Yes, I saw that with, with, with big hair, and I, I no, just no, neither of them. <laughs> um, and this leads me right into to the whatever because I, I think they're remi- they're remaking the Blob which I think is still part of this whole universal thing. I'm not entirely sure if it is because I don't, I can't find out who's actually making it yet, but they've attached an actress to it who is critically acclaimed. It's a uh, Halle Berry is going to be starring in the blob. Do you care in the slightest about that? Mm, I know I don't. don't. Good. Um, Me neither. Yeah, that makes – that's odd. That's just I mean, weirdity. Yeah, I, I mean, we kind of see remaking the blob. I mean, kind of like – almost kind of like, why not? I mean, by the time it comes out, it'll be – yeah, it'll be another 30 years. It seems it comes back every 30 years, 58, 88. Yeah, pretty much. But, yeah, why? That's that's um, um, strange. Weird TV news, and – I'll admit I didn't watch the show in the first place, but I did mention last week that they're they're redoing Roseanne as a revival show uh, with the entire cast, including John Goodman. Now I, I didn't maybe I knew this when the show got canceled the first time, but they killed him at the end of that series, mm-hmm. and I, I I'm not sure if I forgot or I didn't know in the first place what because like I said I didn't I didn't watch the show in the first place, but. They have said that <clears throat> excuse me, John Goodman is coming back and that whole killing him thing didn't happen. It was a dream. Oh, Bobby's going to wake up in the shower and, and there's JR and no one's going to understand what's going on for something. I don't know. That's why I didn't watch it in the first place. Yeah, um, the, the, the ratings went in the tank when Goodman left the show and it would make sense to bring him back regardless of the fact that he's written out because the ratings would suck if they don't bring him back. And it's a ghost or it's a odd prequel, even though they're 900 years older has like, didn't care for the show because it hated the characters. His character was okay. It was also kind of like, dude, why don't you just walk out? Because this woman is awful. So uh, it's just a horrible character, and I didn't see the appeal of watching this awful, awful person. And I'm not talking about the actress. I'm talking about the character. And she's a god-awful yeah. actress. God-awful actress. Her stand-up is okay, but, I mean, she's one of these people who cannot act at all. It's like Jimmy but Fallon. She can sing. Extremely, yeah, she can sing all right. <laughs> she can sing 
wonderfully. Um, God, that's sarcasm, folks. Yeah, yeah, that's that was her Kathy Griffin moment, and she survived. So there you are. Uh, yeah, it's that there there are certain comedians who should never act, and it, it made her a ton of money, obviously, because people watched it. God knows why, because she was awful in it. She's awful. I don't know. She can't act worth a lip. And the character was terrible. So, again, just because critics like a thing or don't like a thing doesn't have a damn thing to do with box office or ratings or anything else. People will like what they want to like. That's how things work, Mr. Johnson. So, you know, other things that are getting rebooted, and I saw this this week and I thought, really? I'm not sure how you would really reboot the Animaniacs. Um, I don't know if you remember those from the God, what oh, yeah, was that, yeah. early 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, just do them again. Um, again. See, I thought the first season was was really funny because it was a very heavily satirical uh, cartoon. Mm-hmm. Good for kids, good for adults. Everybody liked it. Um, but then after the second season, and they, they just tried too hard, I think, and it just didn't work. Um, which leads me to this question, because we have nothing we can do about the Animaniacs. It's, it's coming anyway. Where is our straight-up remake of the original Muppet Show? Because the original version I thought was really good, and they've tried having it come back a couple times, but no, we're not going to have Kermit in charge. We're going to have a Jamaican Muppet that we've never heard of before and a shrimp and a rat, and they're going to be in charge, and Kermit's not there, and Miss Piggy's not there. Well, what the hell's the point then? Call it something else. I, I want my Muppet Show back. I think that would it could work again if they did it the way they used to. And, I think, and maybe and maybe that's why it can't work because maybe they can't do it the way they used to because Jim Henson isn't around to guide them. I know. I mean, and yeah, Brian if they could, some good stuff. and he has absolutely he has, but for whatever reason, the Muppet that that was a huge misfire. And absolutely. Yeah, I, I would absolutely sign up for the floor. If they could re- capture what they did before, completely. But, yeah, honestly, just, just rerun the damn things. It'd still They'd work. It'd still be funny. It would still oh. work. Wouldn't I wanted be quite to ask you a couple little questions. questions. Little questions. I like little yeah. questions. Little questions are good. I'm seeing a lot on this movie – uh, it's apparently a biopic called I Am Heath Ledger. And it's supposed to be a very good movie about, you know, about Heath Ledger, which I thought would would be a great thing. And I have not had the opportunity to see it yet. But my question is, and I know this is horrible, so bear with me because I have a reason. Shouldn't it be called I Was Heath Ledger? And that's not me trying to be sarcastic or anything. I'm just thinking, wouldn't that be a more powerful title? I, yeah, it would be, but I think uh, a lot of it is because he did a lot of his own – because he was documenting this himself, basically. So I think that's really where it comes from because he was doing it. So, Did not know that. Uh, uh, and I wonder where – because apparently it was released in April, and one of those things which probably opened in one, one theater just to be out. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, coming out on DVD, I think next week, week after, something like that. 
Beautiful. Um, actually, something I, I noticed this too. Uh, at the end of the month, Chips is coming out on DVD, and I'm wondering, did I actually miss the theatrical release, or did it flop harder than I thought it would have? I'm pretty sure you mentioned it actually when the week before it came out. I know it was, it was one of those. Coming. Yeah, it was one of those. Where I just don't like, remember it ever actually. Yeah, as, as no. I recall, yeah. as I recall, you thought that okay, this makes sense. Doing this. not that I don't believe you were going to go see it. But it kind of makes sense oh, to just no. have this kind of sarcastic take on it. And it does. I mean, to me, that would be the way to do it. And Chips did about as well at the box office as Baywatch did. So, uh, Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Probably if you're a producer out there and you're looking for the next iconic TV series to turn into an over-the-top, satirical, self-referential flick, uh, don't do it. Fox News. Yeah. Fox News would work. Um, no, I'm glad you brought Baywatch back up because uh, when I saw the chips thing, I clicked on the link for it. And it took me to Mart, and at the bottom they have a uh, bottom of the screen. You know, they have those. If you liked this movie, you'll like this movie uh, reference things. And one of them <clears throat> had a little tag on it that said "low in stock." Kind of, you know, the way they do that to make you go, oh, "They're low in stock. I better buy one now." But I don't think that's what this was. I think it was an announcement. They said they're low in stock on Waterworld, the DVD. And I think what that <laughs> was was an announcement of, finally, we're getting rid of these damn things. We've never been able to sell them. So congratulations to Walmart on finally almost being out of stock on Waterworld. I'm surprised they just, just, just didn't bury them in a landfill. Next to the ET cartridges. Exactly. Uh, Chips, by the way, made a huge $25 million worldwide in its total box office run. So, Ouch. Major, major hit there, fellas. Major hit. So, yeah. That's, uh, that's horrible. Yeah. How come um, – Rock, where are you? Where are you supporting Chips? Because obviously that's your kind of film. I mean he easily could have been in the film. Uh, so, you know. So <clears> – <throat> Crap movies watched generally movie. don't make money. Yeah, I, I I watched a movie last night for the second time. Ooh. Um. Because I thought maybe I missed something the first time, and the answer uh-huh. is no, not really. You were punishing yourself. Um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I watched Logan again. Really? And I know you like Logan. I I. I Still can't bring myself to like it that much. Although, I did like that because I missed this the first time. One of the kids had a Wolverine action figure. Exp- yeah, expound uh, upon this please. in costume and everything. I thought that was because, cute because I like Logan, but but it could have been a great film, and to me, it really missed the boat. I don't like it nearly as much as most people do. I thought it was I thought it was good, but it could have been great. And to me, it was very disappointing that it wasn't great. So tell us See, this, about this Logan sure. with my. Yeah. Um, watched it with my wife, who brought up a very good point. It's not a superhero movie. It's a it's a drama move. It's a depressing drama movie mm-hmm. where every twenty minutes Wolverine gets to slice somebody up. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's uh, we must Logan. We must drive across the country to North Dakota, where <laughs> and. No, not a good movie, but it started me thinking because this is going to be 
or was, depending on your perspective in the time-space continuum, Hugh Jackman's last appearance is Wolverine. But they're not going to stop making X-Men movies, which means we need to recast Wolverine. Yep. And I came up with three people that I think would work. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And I want to bounce these off of you. I want to guess the first one. Peter Peter Dinklage. Um, Close. The height's right. The height's closer. Anyway. Well, yeah. Um, If you go with the – because in Logan, there was a clone of Wolverine. There was spoiler, um, and the way they had him dressed up, and you know, facially with the hair and everything, he looked to me like Phil Brooks. Now, some people don't know who Phil Brooks is. Let me throw in his uh, his stage name. I'm going to call it his stage name, CM Punk. Ooh, what do you? I wonder former if he can w- act. Well, former everywhere wrestler star, because he was, yes, he was with the WWE. He was with TNA Impact. He was with ROH. He was with New Japan. I he, didn't you know, see pick that. a wrestling company. I didn't pick up on that, but now that you mentioned it, oh yeah, absolutely. Look, that's which is weird because it was it was just Hugh Jackman that they had digitally cleaned up a little, but yep, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely could have been him. How funny, and. He's not wrestling now, and he's not doing all that well with his MMA career. So Phil got you a job. My no, no problem kidding. with it though is that he's he's still six foot two, which is too yeah, small. Well. Nah, so I came up with two shorter actors <clears throat> who are Tom Cruise is rather well known. No, no, Tom Cruise know. is five eight apparently. I found one who's five foot seven. Better and. What we need is someone who's a has the tendency to appear psychopathic on a screen, and I think he did a good job. Although he's already played a character in the X Men movies. However, considering we have Peter Dinklage and Bill Duke playing the same character, I don't think that's going to be an issue anymore. <laughs> um, well, quite true. I'm not quite kidding. true. They both I know. played uh, Boulevard Trask. That's that's just stupid. Uh, what do you think about James McAvoy actually playing Wolverine? I didn't realize uh, he was that short, by the way. He could totally, he could totally do it. He's a terrific actor. You know, after Split. Yeah. Um, Although I don't know that and the, that would work because with Prof- I mean, frankly, there Professor are a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people identify him as as Professor X, so it's kind of so that, that would wouldn't be a work as much for them. Yeah. But, but this cool. other actor I found out uh, is supposed to be five foot five, which is as close as we're probably going to get to Wolverine's height of five foot four. Right. And the last several times we've seen him, he's had a beard, so he can grow hair. But he's well known for being someone who is almost—I'm not going to say the opposite of Wolverine. But when I mention the name Daniel Radcliffe, you're going to go, "Wait, what?" But think about that for a minute. Think of him with the beard. Daniel Radcliffe is an excellent actor. I, I mean, exactly. He would have no problem. I mean, Could seriously, he would have no problems pulling that off because he can, he can convey rage uh, very well. So it's, I mean, that doesn't really, you don't think of him and think of, but I can totally see that. He would have to get a little. I think it would. A little more buff, you know, they can just all CGI it, but 
and that is so out of the box that would totally work. Plus, the See, I think that could end up being um, that could end up being like uh, when Michael Keaton as Batman, and everyone went Beetlejuice. Yeah, um, this could be Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think I, I think there is a possibility there. We just need to send him a letter or something. Yeah, it follows the tradition of having no American actors playing these characters either. Although, of course, Wolverine is not an American. He's Canadian. He's Canadian. There you go. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's completely out of – that's so far out of left field. It's outside outside of his – but I think that would totally work. I think he could be brilliant. I think he could be brilliant. I'd like to see it. Dear Fox. Oh, wait. CM, (laughs) CM Punk sure as hell looks like him, though. He does. That's freaky. And, and some of you can go look up CM Punk, and yes, they'll have to cover up the tattoos. Um, <laughs> they can do that. They have this thing called makeup. <laughs> well, there are some um, there are some wrestlers now who you know go shirtless occasionally, and have these patches that cover up their tattoos, and most of them actually kind of blend in because some people have gotten some bad tattoos that they want to cover it up. Uh, bad. So, yeah. Well, you heard You're not it here supposed first. to have those particular Daniel combination Radcliffe. of four letters. Daniel Radcliffe, Wolverine, 2022. What? Honestly, I think that that I'm, I'm just guessing 2022. <laughs> that's when Wolverine will, will make his appearance, and Daniel Radcliffe will be a little bit older and a little more grizzled. And honestly, I think that would be brilliant. That would be absolutely awesome. And it's and your like comparison, that. Michael Keaton, is dead on because that's what everybody thought, including me. And I was like, um, Batman? Michael Keaton? I mean, I love Michael Keaton, but Batman? What? And yeah, did it work? Oh, it hell yes, it worked. Yeah, no kidding. So, Absolutely. For many people, still the best Batman on film. <clears throat> Probably oh. would be the consensus best Batman on film ever. I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, and it, it keeps getting pushed down in my list. But I found, I think, the worst description of a movie ever. <laughs> it's just, it's just it's horrible. Um, now I want to see it because you know if if you see the the, the if you look it up online, you have the picture of the movie, and then you have a description somewhere, and it makes you want to see the movie. This hopefully. So doesn't really um, because it just makes people sound really stupid. Um, now I don't know if you've seen the movie Best of the Best, the martial arts. I remember competition. I remember the film. I might have actually seen it at some point, but I, yeah, I know the movie you're talking about. Yeah, I, I actually really liked that movie. I know there was a Best of the Best two, which did not do nearly as well as the first one, and the first one bombed. Um, the description I found is for best of the best four. <laughs> Did you want that far? Um, <clears throat> now, like I said, this started off being a martial arts competition series. Follow me on this. A group of Russian mobsters have stolen a huge supply of paper for printing U.S. currency and are now flooding the market with counterfeit bills. What the hell does this have to do with Marks? Okay. When one of the mobsters decides to give herself in and hand over a data CD to the DA, she is shot and killed. 
but not before handing the disc to an unsuspecting Tommy Lee. Hey, he's one of the characters from this movie. We liked him. Despite working with the police as a martial arts instructor, Lee doesn't go to the cops with the disc, but instead goes on the run, giving the mafia time to kidnap his daughter and hold her hostage in return for the disc. Will Tommy ever see his daughter again? How stupid has everybody gotten in this movie? <laughs> I just read that and went, I work for the cops. I, no, I'm going to giving – giving the mafia time to kidnap his daughter. That's in the description David, of the movie. I wonder if that was David S. Goyer's first script. It sounds like something he'd write. Um, yeah, that's, that's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> that is horrible. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> the following picture has idiots. <laughs> I can't even see uh, that anymore. Okay. That I just read that and went, oh, that's horrible. So uh does not make me want to see it. on to uh, – what, you want a weird movie title for the week? I was – Okay. Uh, Let's go with the 1966. I'm going to call it a classic. It's a classic name. It's called Rat Finka Boo Boo. (laughs) It's spelled with a T. That is a a classic uh, movie title. That was actually. That was on on Turner Classic Movies about a month ago. Oh, is it on Netflix now? I may watch it just to see how awful it is. I I, I made that up. Was it really? Yeah, yeah, and, oh, and I thought I should record this just to see how terrible it is, and I thought, no, I'm not going to do that to myself. Not going to do it. <clears throat> but oh dear, you know, um, it's a beautiful title. It is. Uh, as we hope, I've as actually we hope had, that my, uh, had that on my list for weeks, but just never got around to throwing it out there. But hey, I got the Tommy Lee thing out there. Go see the rent. You know, watch the first one on Netflix. I'm sure it's there somewhere because it was actually pretty good. Um, skip two, and apparently there was a three. And if four's description is any indication, you can skip that as well. Um, yeah, you, I'm waffling because I've run out of stuff for the week, and I know I, we've got I, time left. I will. I will skip it. Believe me. Um, <clears throat> good time to talk talk about trailers uh trailer for yes the film version of it has come out and I, we talked about it a while ago and yes yeah the the clown looks creepy pennywise looks creepy but in the trailer i've seen all you see is him looking creepy and evil and i watched the trailer it's been a long time since i saw the tv miniseries event blah 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 whatever from the 90s uh in the trailer, Pennywise is presented very differently in the trailer. And, of course, he was creepy and scary as hell, blah, blah, blah. But in most of the trailer, he's just kind of dancing around and laughing and being silly, which makes the top part when he becomes terrifying all the more frightening because he comes across as, oh, he's a clown. This is kind of cool. That's the whole point of being a clown, of course – Times are different. People are kind of scared of clowns now much more than they were in the 90s. 
But if, they, if yeah. they're so over the top with making Pennywise this evil creature, this embodiment of evil in the trailers, it's like it just – to me, it just doesn't work. And again, with the head tilt thing, which I hate, which is the lamest possible direction ever, it's like tilt your head down and kind of look up, and it like makes you look evil because your brow is more pronounced. It's like just stop it. That's so weak. But the trailer for the new version of it just – and like there will be scary moments and stuff, but it doesn't do anything for me because it's just so blah and generic and basic. And the fact that Stephen King endorses it kind of scares me because, frankly, half the time when he endorses his own adap- the adaptations, they suck. Like notably, he hated the Shining film version, but he was he was part of the production of the god awful TV version that they did, which majorly sucks. The only thing they got right. Or the hedge animals, and that if that's all you can get right, Jesus, it, it, you're just reminding me of the uh, but man. Oh, what is it? Reminding me of the uh, the insurance commercial that's going now, and I've forgotten who does it. Where uh, what is it? It's an old western bar scene where guys are playing cards, and oh, he's cheating, yeah, yeah. and the sheriff yeah. walks in and starts doing the lower your head and raise your eyes yeah. real slow. Walk toward him, left foot, right foot. Oh, <laughs> it's a great ad. It's a there's a bit, ad. bit of a formula going on here, but that seems to be what they did with the the trailer for it is make every mm-hmm. make him look scary. Two, three, tilt head. Two, three. Yeah, head. absolutely. No. And I'm sure it'll be scary, but it's just kind of like it's such a as you said formulaic to a T, and it's like you've forgotten. The whole fun aspect of Pennywise, which made him creepy as hell, which is why Tim Curry deservedly got tons of praise, because that's one of the things that made him so creepy. The fact that he was this lighthearted, he's a clown. Oh, look how funny the clown is. And then, oh, look, he's not so damn funny after all. Look at those teeth. Oh, my God. Kind of thing. Whereas this one is just like, okay, there's something wrong here. This is a serial killer dressed as a clown. It doesn't work at all the same way. So, yeah, no. not not that hyped about it. And and again, if they don't change the ending from Stephen King's god-awful original ending, which is the worst ending of any book ever. Ugh. Anyway, dude. A clown is uh, not a spider and will throw me in the basement. No. Yeah, Jesus. That's an and Animaniacs stop. line, by the way. And stop, <laughs> and stop with the turtle. And yeah, Animaniacs needs to come back, but... In a good way, not not in the Muppet Show way. Uh, a couple trailers right. that were attached to the Wonder Woman film. Um, one is a film called Geostorm, which I had not heard of and hopefully never hear of again. Uh, follows a path of, oh, let's make a disaster film, which, you know, we got to have one of those every other year. Uh, sometimes it's Twisters. Sometimes it's Tsunami. Sometimes it's Meteors. Yeah, in this, in this one, it's a weather controlling satellite goes haywire and the site it starts setting off apparently hundreds of tornadoes at once and tidal waves and geostorms which are just like heat tornadoes that burst up out of the ground uh they're, uh-huh. they're fire they're fire tornadoes and there's no magma involved for some reason but there's lots of fire and it, and the effects look really well done. I mean, it's not like a sci-fi budget thing, sci-fi channel budget, but God, seriously? Really? Do you think this is appealing? This What a crap, crap storm is well, what it should be called. Because man, alive. It stars Gerard Butler. I have no idea who the hell is in it. 
Uh, well, I'm looking it up now. It, it, the, the, the first thing on it I see is Gerard Butler. Oh, it is a disaster movie. <laughs> oh, it is. Uh, yeah, it just looks terrible. Uh, a trailer for a film called The Mountain Between Us uh, it couldn't be more different. Two people, strangers, they they book this small plane because flights are tied up, and so they take on this small they go on this small plane, and the plane crashes. Now they have to survive. Uh, Idris Elba and Kate Winslet. Uh, yeah, sign me up. A drama, an action survival drama thing with those two, and figuring out how to work yeah. together. And there's some conflict, and two awesome actors and lovely scenery. Real drama instead of just what's our what's our CGI budget? Really, we have a hundred million that'll leave us what six million for a script and two for the actors. Uh, that's what Geostorm looks like. It's like what a crap fest. Why do why do these films get made? Good God! eBay is having a special on Gerard Butler's for nineteen ninety five. No kidding. So the mountain between us definitely looks like that'll be terrific. Geostorm. Yes. Good God! I mean, it, it would be a, it would be a bad PlayStation One game. PlayStation actually, was I'll, I'll go you one better. Geostorm was a very short-lived character in DC Comics, <laughs> uh, and by short-lived, I mean they killed him off pretty quick. Well, it's uh, going to be a short-lived film. <laughs> yeah, I suspect as much. Just so maybe just, it's actually based on the DC Comics character. And they're ignoring everything you told them to do at the beginning of the show about Wonder Woman and going back to making crap movies. Yeah, that would be a more interesting film. Uh-huh. Um, so it's it's incredible that the money is out there to make just terrible, terrible films. And why would anybody want to go – like Chip, why, who the hell thought, oh, let's do this. This is going to be great. This is going to make a ton of money. Not really, dude. Or Baywatch. Start, start having <clears throat> some consideration in the movies you make, Mr. Johnson. And he, could be and I, into- he's fun, <clears throat> but you know, God, don't don't blame critics for the failure, the creative failure of, of the team that made that film. That's on you, pal. You signed the dotted line to make that piece of crap. And oh well, the critics have sabotaged us. It's like, no, dude, you sabotaged yourself. You, you I smell what the rock is cooking, and it smells like he used a lot of cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. And the rock is is an awesome actor in his in his vein, and he's been an awesome actor for like what twenty years. He was doing it in the ring, though. I know that too. Yes. Yeah, he was just amazing on the mic, which so it's no surprise he's a big star, but dude, things fail sometimes. Uh don't blame it on anything that's external because it's all on the team that made that movie and you should know better, so boo. Anyway <clears throat> go see Ouch. Wonder Woman and then go see it again. And then maybe even go see it a third time. And it it's so nice to not have to diss a DC movie that's not an animated film because the animated division, terrific movies, and now the live action division is finally caught up because man, Wonder Woman is good. Fun. Took them long enough. Fun. It's fun. That's what it boils down to. And DC movies have not been fun. 
time. for a long time. I mean, it, even the Dark Knight wasn't fun, but it's not supposed to and shouldn't have been, so it worked. But for whatever reason, they thought, oh, they all have to be that way. I'm like, no. Wonder Woman is very, very fun, and it definitely has some serious moments. Uh, but wonderful, no pun intended, or maybe it is intended, wonderful movie. Go see it. It's appropriately named. Indeed. Unless you're in Lebanon, in which case you'll have to go across the border to see it. That's true. This movie is brought to you by Taco Bell. No. <laughs> kidding. So uh, what kind of shows do you have coming up for us this week on the, on the Happy Hour Network? Danny Thompson is doing a special series of live shows at midnight post-NBA Finals shows. So you can look for that. Uh, again, it'll be in exactly 11 hours. So he'll be on. And there is on other networks. Everyone go look for the Seahawks show. And Ted, of course, has Late Night Parent on Wednesdays. And, of course, he has the live one, which you can find on – not that that's not live. It is, but he also has the local version, I should say, out of Long Island, 7 p.m. And you can find that on – iHeart or some other thing, or just go to lightnightparent.com and you can find it there too. And right. you have? Oh, this week we have a very strange story on two, on the Two Pages Project. Uh, kind of a horror story, but not really, unless you look at it from a strange point of view. Just tune in and listen to it. Uh, TwoPagesProject.com, number two. Pages Project uses letters. Uh, Watch Show will, of course, be back on Friday, and already there's so much stuff that I can fill up another episode without us having to even get to to Friday. Yeah, we're not even halfway through Sunday. Amazing. Oh, well. Stupidity abound. Yes. We are more than halfway through the show, though. In fact, we're done. Just a little bit. Hey, what do you know? I was thinking of the immortal words of Socrates, who said, I drank what? Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, it's a living. Thorn, that's the end.